while Oxford's word for the year for 2023 has been revealed, Riz has taken the top spot, attributing most of its success to Spider-Man actor Tom Holland after he was asked about his Riz in a widely shared interview. The slang term is used to describe someone's ability to attract a romantic partner. There you go. The word beats seven other contenders to win word of the year, including Swifty, which is used to describe Taylor Swift fans. Obviously, as we all know, Riz also describes something that I and most of us apes out there definitely do not have any of. So always a great thing to be reminded of by seeing that as the word of the year from Oxford. Very glad to see that it wasn't Swifty. I'm not too sure what exactly that's referring to, but it sounds similar to one of my favorite words, which of course is Kelsey. Uh, so I don't really know what was going on there. Maybe they made some kind of mistake. It is Oxford. I'm sure English is their second language, so not too sure what was going on. But either way, Riz is the word of the year. Thanks to Oxford University. Shout out to them. There are some other ones chosen by Miriams, and I definitely recommend you go check those out because those will also make you just wish that somebody would send an asteroid to destroy the planet already. Uh, can't imagine why these are the decisions that we're making or what the founders of Oxford would think after seeing Riz as the word of the year for this year. But either way, I digress. We're here to talk about markets. So unfortunately, the asteroid didn't come yesterday, but we still did see a bit of an asteroid hit financial markets. Uh, the Russell 2000 was the only index in the United States up on the day. Seems like that early little quote-unquote Santa Claus rally that we saw in November, more like a Thanksgiving rally, if anything, or a turkey rally, uh, maybe coming to an end or at least taking a little bit of a break for now. Now, essentially, uh, like I said, the Russell 2K was the only index higher on the day. Obviously, WSO Alpha was lower. I mean, I don't know what else we expect. Lost about 27 basis points. Thanks, guys. Over there, those brain cells must be working hard. The total of three or four of them that actually work on Alpha. Uh, but either way, it was a boring day in treasury markets as well. Wasn't a whole lot going on as there was a lot of economic news to react to. Let's go ahead and see what was going on for the day. So it was pretty hysterical. There was a bit of a leak on Twitter or on X, I should say, of the GTA 6 platform or GTA 6 uh, trailer. And so that leaked out onto the platform. Of course, Rockstar, in recognizing this, they could either you know fight to pull it down or just run with it. They made the smart decision and just decided to run with it, follow what fans were already seeing. Uh, so they just kept up the vibe and went with the full release. Definitely go check that out. It's not coming until 2025 already, but I can already hear you guys getting the pre-orders ready and getting logged in on there. It's going to be a sweet game. I mean, I don't even play video games, but GTA 5 was pretty much the only thing I played back in the day, so I can't wait for this as well. Uber is catching a ride of their own as they're going to be joining the S&P 500. She has moved towards an all-time high on the news yesterday. It was definitely fun to see. Uh, speaking of which, well, speaking of an all-time high to an all-time low, funding availability to Ukraine appears to be at an all-time low. The White House has come out and said that they may be totally drained by the end of this year. We'll see how that goes. Um, and then, of course, college football playoffs have been set. FSU fans are definitely not too happy about what happened with this year as the final year of just four teams getting into the college football playoffs. Next year it's going to be 12, and then we can all be all fat and happy together in that final round. But for this year, that's going to suck for FSU. They got effed, safe to say, uh, for the absolute least. Now, like I said, there wasn't any kind of major economic releases yesterday. Not a whole lot this week before we get the jobs report on Friday, which, of course, we won't be talking about until Monday of next week. I'm sure we'll be dying for it all weekend. Uh, but what we did want to talk about today was some deflation. So this is definitely going a bit against the current narrative that inflation is you know, still running very high. We need higher for longer in order to break down inflation. If we actually go over to these inflation reports, of course, what we're looking at is the, is the CPI. Try not to get 
Yeah, I know it's going to be pretty boring stuff. But if we go ahead and scroll down to the actual line items that we see here, when you go ahead and zoom in on things that are more durable goods or things that uh, would actually be lasting longer, we start to see a bit of a fall off. You know, one of the biggest ones is going to be here. Sorry, I highlighted the wrong row. Used cars and trucks down two and a half percent. This is kind of an annual reading. And then if we go over to the Fed's kind of preferred measure, we can take a look at the PCE inflation report. If we scroll down, they actually make it nice and easy on us. This is showing annual change, annual and monthly changes in terms of total dollar amount. But if we just scroll down and take a look at the durable goods line item here that they actually include in the PCE report, we can go ahead and scroll over and see that it's fallen by about 0.5% since last year or since last period. Uh, that's actually since September. So if we go ahead and scroll down a little bit more, we see the same dynamic when comparing annually as well as to the prior periods. We see it falling in a couple of periods preceding this, but once again, the idea here is not all prices move uniformly. So a big reason for the CPI for the PCE continuing to increase is those shelter costs, which we've talked about recently, are calculated in just about the worst way possible. You don't seem to get better by going and asking a toddler how much he thinks the house is worth. That's essentially what we do to calculate shelter costs anyway. That's been driving a lot of the uptick in inflation. As that's been driving the headline and the core numbers higher, what we're not kind of accounting for is the underlying metrics and the underlying inflation. Now, the New York Fed does keep track of that as well. We're actually going to be talking about that tomorrow a little bit because it seems like underlying inflation is starting to move in the right direction as well. And we're seeing that move in the right direction a little bit too much for these uh, deflationary durable goods that we've seen. Big reason for that has been because of the rate hikes. Nobody wants to take out credit and buy things like a car or appliances or anything else that they might need a loan to get. Uh, so, of course, that's just about destroyed demand there. The other big factor is general macro uncertainty doesn't really make it too exciting to do a lot of big pile of cash for something that uh, could break or shut down, especially when you don't know when the next time uh, you're going to have those funds coming in. So it's a good thing to keep track of. Once again, like I said, we're seeing a bit of a downtick. Uh, this it, It's very unlikely that this deflation will actually spread into broad prices throughout the entire economy. That's extremely rare. It's something that uh, just kind of goes against general economic theory of growth over time because of growing population, growing demand for usual things, and all that good stuff that comes along with it. It would be tough to see uh, deflation kind of spread across the entire economy, but definitely something we're going to want to keep uh, keep aware of because if deflation did kind of spread broadly, it would be far worse in the past couple of years of higher inflation. It's really tough to do to control a deflationary cycle because when prices are falling, you'll just wait till next month because then it's going to be cheaper uh, or you know it's going to be cheaper in the following period. But then once that next month actually comes, you then are like, wait, it's going to be even cheaper next month. We keep putting these things off as long as we possibly can. That's how you kill consumer spending and kill an economy like the United States. For now, we're still breathing. And of course, we hope to see that continue. And speaking of breathing, we can go ahead and move on to some of our market movers for the day. So starting off with Carvana, they really were given life yesterday from JP Morgan. They breathed uh, they, they breathed air right to the lungs of this stock. They gave it CPR. They gave it the Heimlich. Whatever other life-saving maneuver you want to talk about, JP Morgan did that to Carvana yesterday. Shares have fallen 99% from peak by about this time of last year. Now, since then, Carvana is up something ridiculous, like 700, 750% since then. And yesterday was definitely a big boost on that. JP Morgan essentially cut, came out and said, you know, hey, this thing actually isn't as a huge of a pile of shit as most people think it is. They didn't really actually do anything too positive to the stock, but they said uh, it's no longer just considered pure trash with a sell rating. It's been bumped up to just kind of trash with a neutral rating. Their price target is essentially what the stock is trading at right now at $40 a share. So we'll see if that changes going forward. Get in if you want to and uh, enjoy the ride, no pun intended, with Carvana. 
Moving on down below to Spotify, it sounds like there was some trouble in Spotify in Stockholm. Excuse me. No, it's a very cringy joke, but I'm sorry, guys. It's just what I heard. Uh, hope you guys got that one as well. But all right, enough of the cringe. Let's see what happened. CEO Daniel Ek released a memo yesterday. I tried to read the whole thing, but I died of boredom in the process because it was way too long. Uh, they're essentially going to be firing 17% more of their workforce. That totals up to about 1,500 employees or 1,500 livelihoods that are going to be destroyed, in addition to the 800 that have already been cut so far this year. For those of us that can do math, that brings the total up to about 2,300 or so for the full year. And essentially why they're doing this is to right-size the ships, bring line costs going forward, or at least that's what they allege. We'll see if that actually works out. Investors were hired, traded, or hired to the meantime. Uh, but we won't know until next quarter and the kind of subsequent quarters what the impact on earnings is ultimately going to be. Stay tuned to find out there. Investors were loving it for now. Um, and I'm sure they were just hyped up about their Spotify wrapped as well, which, by the way, if you're out there and you're listening, please stop posting those to your stories. It's been all, over a week so far, and I'm tired of seeing it. Anyway, let's move on down to Virgin Galactic here. So usually Richard Branson is a big Chad guy. You know, he's that dude that everybody wants to be a big billionaire. But lately, he's been living up much more to the name. So that's the first word of all of his businesses. Uh, essentially, what's going on here is he gave an interview to the Financial Times on Sunday, where he basically said that uh, Virgin Galactic wasn't going to be able to invest in itself anymore, but they should have the finances, uh, or they should have sufficient funds to continue to do its job on its own. Not something you want to hear from a CEO. For a CEO to come out there and have to say, hey guys, don't worry, we have enough money. It's like, wait a minute, why are you even bringing this up? Nobody was worried about that. So when CEOs come out and say things like that, it puts us on more shakier ground. Plus, the idea is they won't be able to reinvest in the business and kind of, uh, you know, invest in the things that matter long term, like building more rockets after they blow them up, because it seems to be something that Virgin is really, really good at. We'll see if that continues going forward. This thing has been a piece of shit since it was spacked on the public markets, and I feel bad for anybody that's held shares, but who knows, maybe things will turn around. Then, of course, as we talked about yesterday, the Alaska Airlines and Hawaiian Airlines merger has definitely shaken up the skies a little bit. We'll see how the FTC responds relatively soon, but we know how investors are responding so far. So Hawaiian Airlines just about tripled yesterday because Alaskan is essentially paying a 270% premium. Uh, that is more than triple. It's almost quadruple what the actual close price was on Monday or Friday, whenever that uh, deal was actually announced. Now, the stock was up 192% yesterday, almost a full tripling because there seems to be some merger arm left over. Traders don't seem too confident that the deal is actually going to be able to go through. Otherwise, we'd see shares closer to that $18 figure. With this FTC and DOJ, I definitely can't blame them. Like we always say, they won't even let Amazon buy a vacuum. Uh, so it's not something that we're entirely uh, too positive on or think is too likely, I should say. But hey, you never know. Stranger things have happened. Let's scroll on down below, talk about the fat man in a hat with a beard and some presents for you coming down your chimney. Looks like that's not going to be happening this year, and neither is a good earnings report for Q4. At least that's what analysts are saying right now. Uh, if we go ahead over here and take a look at this report from FactSet, one of the great things about FactSet, despite them being a twelve or sixteen thousand dollars a year service or whatever it is, we definitely, or you know, I obviously can't afford that. But they do publish some semi-free research. They go ahead and scroll down as these charts pretty much sum up everything that we're going to talk about. This is the change in quarterly EPS estimates going into the quarters here. As you can see, as we enter into the fourth quarter, uh, the EPS estimates have changed from September 30th up until November 30th. They've been reduced by about 5% or so. And so we can see that in the chart. That is somewhat consistent with what we were seeing earlier this year. Very inconsistent with historical averages of about that typically range from about 27 to 3.2% for each quarter. This is much larger than that. So it shows that uh, there's kind of a higher degree of conviction than there usually is. 
And that's the case for pretty much every sector that's not called information technology. Healthcare is expected to get really punched in the face, but essentially what they're estimating here is the sum of all EPS uh, delivered by these companies from the S&P 500 for the fourth quarter. We'll start to get some actual numbers on that by about mid-January. January 12th is when the big JP Morgan report is going to be, and when the big banks report is the official start to earnings season every year. Definitely go ahead and take a look at that report in our coverage here. We do have to cut it somewhat short here today. I know you guys are definitely going to be missing us because we only talked for about 10 or 12 minutes today. But, of course, wouldn't want to leave you empty-handed. So here's the quote of the day. Wise Investor says, Mr. Warren Buffett, RIP to Charlie, his partner. Warren is officially widowed going forward at Berkshire Hathaway. But he still spends some knowledge like investing is simple, but it certainly is not easy. Now, we know that all too well here over at the Daily Peel, and especially WSO Alpha. I mean, you see those returns those guys are putting up. But either way, that's definitely an ugly situation. What's not ugly, of course, is going live with the Daily Peel and everything. Obviously, love doing this every day and seeing you guys out here. We will see you guys tomorrow, and I just hope you have a great rest of your day. Happy trading out there, Reeves. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time.